Hey there, I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. If you have found your way here, you are a real estate pro who's ready to transition from chasing leads to getting dream clients to chase you. This podcast is where you will learn modern real estate tactics to attract, connect, and scale so you can get paid consistently, connect with dream clients, and keep your sanity. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the Market Authority Show. I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and today I am joined by Mackenzie Page. Mackenzie is a realtor in Denver, Colorado, working with first-time homebuyers, investors, and families all across the front range. She was raised in Colorado and is also on the board of Rocky Mountain Women Invest, which is a group that helps educate women about the life-changing benefits of real estate investing. I love that. When she's not answering calls or working one-on-one with clients, you can find Mackenzie writing fiction, doing yet another renovation, or weeding the garden on her small urban farm with her partner, rescue pup, and flock of sassy chickens. (laughs) Mackenzie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. Very okay. here. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine, and I can't believe it's taken this <laughs> taken us this long to hop on for a conversation. I know. <laughs> for those of uh, for those who are listening who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, can you share a little bit about where your story starts and where you are today? Okay, so my real estate journey specifically, I. What I've always been an artist. I was a touring musician for years and I just, the road was like too much for me. So I had my drummer who was also a real estate agent be like, okay, like you can do this job while still having autonomy. Cause that's like really important to me in my day-to-day life. And he's like, you run your own business. You're used to doing that with the band. Like you can, you can do this thing too. And it turns out like, you know, three years later, I love this job so much more than I ever, ever thought I would. It still like surprises me to this day. So one thing that he did tell me to do that I took his advice on was he was like, be an assistant for someone. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially, I looked at that course and while it doesn't seem like a lot of time, it still was time consuming. So I was like, I want to make sure I genuinely like this career before I dive headfirst into not knowing what it is all about. So I took his advice. I found someone through incessant emailing and asking literally everyone I knew, do you know any real estate agents? Do you know anybody who needs an assistant? Do you know anybody who needs an assistant? And found, got connected with Katie Hankins, who's in Denver. She's been a realtor for about 10 years. Um, And she had just had a baby. So she took me under her wing. And the best thing she did for me was she didn't know what she needed help with. She's like, I'm drowning. I know I need help in my business. I know I'm wildly unorganized and I don't know what to tell you to do to help me. And so I'm like, I don't even know this job. Like, what are we doing here? And so she signed me up for Market Authority Academy. So the per- first part of my job was essentially just taking the modules and figuring out her business and going through her database and kind of like, okay, how can we implement this thing I just learned about into your business? So it was a really interesting way to learn about real estate. It was a lot more hands-on than I think a lot of people get. Mm-hmm. And the mentorship aspect of like, to, you know, once I did get my license, cause then I rushed to get my license. Cause I was like, this is cool. I like this. Um, 
And I think the mentorship aspect really put me kind of leagues ahead of where I think I would have been without it because it gave me confidence. I'm like taking out her clients on showings, answering all the questions to them, you know, doing the kind of, you know, day in, day in, day out, the stuff that they don't teach you in the school and having also market authority on the back end of our business. It was just like, I really got, I think, a much more concise um, education through that experience. And now three years into my business, I'm like, I can see how that's really helped having that foundation. I I really loved when you guys connected with me the first time because we hopped on a call and you and Katie had I think just started working together. Yeah, and it was February 2021 or 20 yeah, yeah 2020 yeah 2021 I think. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. remember. And she was still in newborn land a little bit with her baby and it was just it was this whole thing where you guys were it was exactly like that like like I know there's a lot that we need to be doing but and that's honestly my favorite kind of situation because I think that the baptism by fire approach, you learn a lot of whether or not you can handle this because sometimes real estate is just like that. Sometimes you are in a season of business where you're thrown into the deep end mm -hmm. and you have to just kind of react to get through it. So did you find that that was a big pivot from where you were coming from with the traveling band or did it seem to kind of run in alignment with your personality and how you already were? It is really in alignment with my personality. My best friend okay. joked that like, I love chaos because there is some level of me that like masochistically loves some chaos <laughs> because I feel like if there isn't a lot going on and I'm, it's, I'm not being surprised on the day to day, then I'm not really living and yeah. I think that's what I love about real estate. It is you do not know what's going to happen the next day. Like I just got off of a situation, an inspection call that now I'm going to have to go back over there tomorrow to deal with the plumbing issues. Just like I got a call this morning that a pipe burst at one of my listings. So like you just never know what's going to happen. And I think I really thrive in those kinds of environments versus the stable, you know, what's going to happen. You know what you're going to get paid. You know what's coming down the pipeline. Like I just never know. And it makes it more exciting. It also makes it more challenging because you do have to enjoy chaos. And that is what touring band is like. <laughs> but it is chaos. <laughs> what, what's interesting to me is in chaos, you do a really good job of thinking in terms of like systems and structure. And so, and I remember just from some of the questions that you asked during the coaching calls, it's really surprising to me that you that you enjoy chaos because you think a little bit more strategically. Like you, you do a really good job of looking for those like frameworks that you can implement. Did you find did you find that you were naturally already kind of looking for a little bit of that structure? Or how did you know that that was important to be implementing? I did so like interestingly enough in a band situation you do have a lot of back-end organization you have to do it's building any kind of business like yeah. you have you have merch you have to order you have to you know schedule your tours figure out how you're going to get there schedule all your stays like there's a lot of kind of back-end organization and it was something and I also hosted um, a music festival so that was kind of my prime moment in my life where I was like, oh, this is my calling. I do actually really enjoy organizing things mm. in a chaotic setting, right? Like putting down the foundation and then letting that go. And it's funny because real estate is very similar in that way that you do have to have your foundational aspects and like 
I wish I was better at my schedule. Like that is one of those things that I'm just still not great at. I have my systems, but like, I'll be like, oh, randomly today, let me make my calls. You know, it's not really a schedule because that is, that is maybe to me the hardest part in real estate because it is the scheduling aspect. Everything does kind of come up and come as you go. But I think having like a foundation of organization is just, it allows you to function in chaos a lot more efficiently, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, God. When it's in my head, I'm like, I got to write it down. I got to put it up in a sauna, a sauna, my holy, holy grail. <laughs> I know we <laughs> we spend a lot of time on that. And it's just helpful to have a little bit of like a reference to, especially in chaos, like having knowing where to go to look for your next step. So, so that kind of ties into my next question. At what point were you looking at the next step in your business and you were like, you know what, this has been really fun. I've learned so much. I got to get my license. What was your goal after getting your license? And then what ultimately happened in that first year? Oh, I'm trying to remember back. I think my goal was just, so I, we also bought a house during that time as I just got my license. So I was able to experience what it was like buying your house and kind of not knowing what was going on. Right. Because I had just got my license. Then we literally a month later bought a house. And my goal, I mean, my goal in real estate this whole time has been to have a career that allows me to do my passions, gardening, writing books, music. Like it allows me to have that space and freedom to be able to live my creative life. And so what really drew me into real estate actually is I was listening to bigger pockets nonstop. I worked on a farm during COVID and it was like playing in my headphones every day, all day. And I just saw the possibility with real estate investing and, you know, you need a job to have a W2 and buy a house, <laughs> all the things. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like get into this business because I think if I'm in it, I'll understand how to function in it a little bit better. So we bought the house with the intention to house hack it. And I think in that first year, my goal was like renovate this house so that it pays for itself. Two yeah. years later, it is paying for itself. It's incredible. I It has given us, again, more freedom, more freedom. Like my goal has always been freedom. I think in the first year, it was a little bit difficult because I didn't really like have goals. I didn't really know how to goal set that well. Like definitely through market authority, when we started doing those 90 day letters, like I still have mine from 2021 and I do it every year now. I love that. And I mean, from all the years, you know, so that has just been being able to goal set in that way. I think for me, it was just like, I had never made real money before. So that was like a huge new learning step for me. And I think that first year was just like, okay, learn this the best I can get as much confidence in this job, get as much as I can so that I can actually lead generate on my own. And I just was like going to all the meetups. I was putting myself out there. One thing I wish I would have done is like a shit ton more open houses. Mm -hmm. That has become my bread and butter these days. I'm getting referrals more now, but like this last year, I have really strategically hit open houses and it has made my business flourish. Like 50% of my business is open houses. And what I love about it is it's a control. It's like in this world of chaos, I can do an open house to try to push the needle forward. It is one thing I can control without all the other things I can't control, right? Because that's a huge other aspect of this business is there's so much of it out of your control. 
like what your client's going to do, what the seller's going to do, what anybody, if you're going to get a lead, if they're going to pick the house, if they're not going to pick the house, like you have no control over any of it. And by doing those open houses, I found more recently, I mean, long-winded way of saying my first year, I wish I would have done open houses, <laughs> but I did a lot of meetups. I did a lot of friend making friends. We had also just moved to Denver. So I grew up in Northern Colorado and we had just moved to Denver I lived in the mountains for a long time. So it was a lot of like transition, right? Transitioning yeah. into a new job, transitioning into a new house, you know, like a new area, figuring out I'm, I've never, I lived in the woods for 10 years. I've never lived in a city before. That was like, there were so many aspects of this transition that year. So I think it was just honestly finding like a semblance of stability, which is funny because I never really wanted that before. <laughs> Well, I think in instability, you get the freedom, right? Like in, in structure, in organization, you get to have a, a sense of freedom, which feels a little backwards. But like once you actually go through the motions, you realize, okay, that makes sense. When you moved to, I didn't realize that you were so new to Denver when you had gotten licensed. Mm -hmm. Was um, So that was kind of your goal of growing your database. It was like networking and just getting in front of as many people as you could. Yeah. And, and because of the music scene, like I have been coming to Denver for years and years and years. We lived in Nederland, which is like 45 minutes outside of Denver in the mountains. You're like in 9,000 feet. So it's a small, small town. So I'm not like wildly far away from Denver. But what I didn't expect is I kind of assumed that my circles would stay the same. And they absolutely have not. Like I have everybody I hang out with now I've met in the last couple of years. So it's, it's funny how like such a microclimate and a micro move you'd say in a way does kind of change your day to day. And so it was a lot of me like reestablishing community in my area, which is hard in the city. It's really hard in the city. I mean, yeah. I'm still working on that, but um, kind of that aspect of finding that kind of stability in that. How did you manage growing your personal business while you were still helping as an assistant with Katie? That one was, that's interesting. Cause I, I still am like seeing it. I'm like not far enough away yet to see yeah. it in a real way, because I feel like just in this last year, my business has grown a lot more. Um, but it was, it was learning. Like, I, I don't know if I was, because I got my first transaction, I think nine months, it was June when I got my license and I got my first transaction in November, my first lead. And then from there, I closed them in February. So it was, it was quite a few months before, but I think also shorter than someone who didn't have the support that I had with Katie. Um, I think it was just like figuring out how I could best serve her because I also had never been in that role either. I always yeah. do on my own, running my own business, not really working for other people. So it was really, it was almost a transition for me to learn how to be in service. So that was, that was really one of my goals. And then to build my own business. I mean, I think I just, what was awesome about it is I saw the, I saw it was possible from like a firsthand experience by working with her clients and seeing her flourish. I was like, it's possible. You know, because sometimes I think if you're not close to a mentor or somebody who is really thriving in business that you don't really see what's possible. You kind of 
glimpse, you're like, oh, they have another listing, but you have no idea their GCI, what they're doing, what it takes to do that, how the business is running. Like you don't know the inside working of that. And I think having that perspective really showed me how I can build my business. Okay. So with that then, what are like the main strategies that you're using right now to build your business? Open houses is a big one. Mm -hmm. What else are you doing to keep clients coming in consistently right now? So I'll say a couple things on that. Like, first of all, I got to say MAA. I mean, 1,050% was instrumental in me building my own business because where I was organ like reorganizing Katie's business to fit into MAA, I got to build mine from scratch through MAA. Mm -hmm. It's just systems that are already in place that, and I mean systems of like, really, I want to hone in on Asana because that's the one I use most efficiently your templates on Asana of like what to do when you're under contract, what to do with the seller have now when I have five transactions happening are like wildly useful because I just stay on top of everything because I'm like, it's already here and I've already put it in for myself. And then I have that for Katie too, right? What I need to do for her clients. She edits that and works on that. So I get the, the notifications. And so it just makes your schedule like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, what do I do today? What's today? You know, it's like, boom, it's all there on my calendar because I have it go straight to my calendar. So that number one um, has been amazing. Um, I'm trying to remember what you just asked. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yeah, the other the other systems and strategies that you're oh. using to, to build your business. So most recently open houses. Uh-huh. But what has become incredible too, and we've switched from follow-up boss, but we're going back because our brokerage like made us switch. That was a Let me tell you. Anyways, I have a system in there with my open house leads follow-up. So I log in and it's like, oh, you need to call this person, this person, this person. Or when I go through my list of like, who haven't I called in a minute? I see, oh, there's notes are there. Okay, I'm going to send them this house in Westminster that I just saw listed. Okay, mm -hmm. there, you know, and then I become of value. I'm already essentially working for those open house leads. So when they do, you know, and this can sometimes take like six months, eight months, nine months, like I'll just be randomly sending them text messages. And then they, when they do choose to buy, they reach out because they're like, oh, she, she kept in touch for all this time, you know, and I think that just puts that system puts me ahead of people because I'm not just talking to them the one weekend and then letting them fall off. How long do you find it takes to follow up with them before they close? It is random. I'm not going to lie. Like there was yeah. one couple I met. I, I mean, there's been nine months, sometimes a year. Um, one people, the one group ghosted me for like six months and then just reached out and sent a house and we're like, we want this one. So it's like very, very random. But again, the control I can have in that environment is make sure I'm reaching out to them once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. um, the other one, you know, I went on a showing with another couple and this other couple was seeing the house and they bought that house. Like that's the crazy thing about real estate that I love is you really don't know what is coming. But if you can have these systems in place, you can at least feel like you have some level of control because I do love control. And <laughs> That alone. So that open house uh, strategy, referral strategy, another MAA amazing is the pot buys and having those on my asanas, 
getting my alert. Oh, you need to order. So I just keep getting my alert about February, Valentine's Day coming up. Okay, you need to order your Valentine's Day Popeyes, have them sent, have them here. And my database is small enough that I'm able to go do my own Popeyes with Katie's. We've been sending some, sometimes I'll add hers to my list. That one we're still fleshing out a little bit more um, because her database is so much bigger. Yeah. And um, I just don't necessarily have the time anymore to contribute to that. So we're kind of figuring that one out. We've been doing Pop by Co, which is your referral, which is amazing. Um, I love that. It's so simple. So simple. And you just like, literally upload your database, you know, boom, done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, having that system, that follow up with my clients and then our client events is another one we do this year. I'm going to hit that hard. I had another client, uh, another agent that I chatted with who's a top producer. And she's like, you spend two grand on an event. Like I get a client every single time, every single time. And I'm like, you know what? That's actually true to who I am. So I'm going to do house concerts this year. Love that. Okay. Tell me about the house concert idea. Okay. So first I have to renovate my kitchen. Like, like the first, first I have to redo the entire house and make it look like no one lives there. Exactly. Number one. Number two, that's going to happen in July. We're running into the kitchen in July. Cause see, now I have money to do shit like that. And I'm very excited and I'm putting it back into my house. Cause we're going to burr it and pull the equity out. And like, there's just so many things that real estate has given me and the possibilities. So anyways, we're going to be doing, I'm going to get a food truck. It's like BYOB. And I am very steeped in the music scene. So I have a lot of friends who have like folk bands and things like that. And I have a PA system. And like, so I'm just going to set them up in my backyard, (laughs) rent some chairs and invite all my clients and have them invite their friends and just like open her on up for a house concert. And I, I think, yeah, it's like, it's like a simple thing I can do. I love hosting at my house. We are, we have a quarter acre. So there's like a shit ton of room back there to be able to do so. My neighbors are all really cool. So they're not going to care and the noise, you know, and it's a folk concert. We're going to be like six to eight <laughs> yeah. people style potluck kind of situation, have the food truck. I mean, really, when you look at costs, it's like opening my house, paying for the band and paying for the food truck. Yeah. Like, not that bad. Well, and, and one thing that like, I think really needs to be said is that it's authentic to your people. It's like authentic to the community and to you. And to so tell me a little bit about that. Have you taken time to really identify your ideal client? And is that where that idea came from? So essentially, it was like a long-winded way of doing that because it is hard, I think, when you're first starting to know who your ideal client is, right? And especially from the music industry, you have a lot of people who have funky income. It's not like your basic W-2 life over here. It's weird. It's like, oh, you know, and then and then based in Colorado, too, you have the the situation of a lot of people work in the medical marijuana industry and the marijuana industry, which is not federally legal. So you have issues of being able to, like, get federal backed loans for those kinds of situations. So it's it's I was worried about that with my circle of people. But watching Katie, we have a little overlap in our circles. Watching Katie thrive just again made me was like, think, oh, it's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. So I think it took me a while to find my ideal client. And I think it took me a while to really, here's the thing. When you get into a business that you're an artist, there's a period of time where you're like, I got to fit the suit, right? Like I got to fit the suit. I got to fit the the look. I have to be this way so that people take me seriously in this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was a transition I did make in a certain regard where I didn't leave who I was behind, but I did try to fit that realtor look. 
while I hated it, <laughs> I was like, I got to look the part. I got to look the part to get my street cred, to get my street cred. And speaking of street cred, that's another thing the mentorship really helped me with. I was able to post on social media all of the things happening in Katie's world as if I was involved in them because I was. Mm -hmm. So like we get a house under contract, I got to put it on social media. And that gave me that more of that street cred. So I think honestly, this is the first year I've really come into my own of that pure confidence in what I'm doing and pure confidence of who I am when I'm doing what I'm doing hmm. and not feeling like, oh, I'm just an artist who doesn't know anything. You know, it's it's like, no, I can do both. Like I am literally an artist and I'm an, and I'm an agent and I know how to make money now. Like, and I want to make you money and I want to help you. That's, that's what it is. It's knowing why you're in it. My why is I get to help all my artist friends like me who thought we'd never be able to buy a house ever in my life. Never thought it. I was like, I don't have a regular job. I can't do that. I don't have money. And taking that belief for people and being like, no, you can. Like, here's some ways you can do it. We're going to figure it out for you. And being able to catapult them onto that train of home ownership and generational wealth. Like that for me is my why. And so when I go back to that, I take all this other bullshit. It's like, who cares what I'm wearing? Who cares what I look like in that photo? Who cares? Like my style is me. And I think that's what gravitates people to me is I am being really honest about who I am and I'm a good time, but like, all <laughs> <get> shit done. <laughs> You're totally a good time. <laughs> We're going to have fun while we do it. But I well, I, so, so I, is that like the transition that you've gone on a little bit from like feeling that you need to like project a certain identity to like, you know, this is who I am and people are going to really, you know, it's going to work better for me if I just go all in on my meanness. Is that like kind of what, what you went through? I would say that's, specifically this last bit, like maybe the last six months to a year. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, like weirdly having a photo shoot that was supposed to be a business photo shoot, like descend into me with my chickens. And then that's like who I am now has really been like a, like a fuck it moment not to be like, but you know what I mean? Where I was just like, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I'm actually just going to be me and then not care. Yeah. And I think that moment, mama, Huh, say again? You're a flock mama. <laughs> I know, right? And like people <laughs> loved that. And I have gotten like I went to lunch with a lender the other day and she's like, How do you be authentically yourself? And I'm like, I'm just figuring this out. Like, I don't know. But I think at the same time, I had to go through that transition. I had to mm -hmm. go through the where I tried to fit in because it gave me the confidence in the business, right? Like, there's no other way to get yourself the confidence in the business. I'm like, I wear a snappy suit coat every now and then because I'm like, yeah, I'm a boss. But I think it's with a different perspective now that I put that on. Whereas yeah. before I was like, I have to have this. Now I'm like, oh, she looked good, you know? <laughs> and I think that like having that transition, you really do, you have to go through it because there's nothing that gives you the confidence of the business to be able to find who your people are, you know? How do you take action when you don't have the confidence? Like, how did you do it? Was it really just by seeing like, like by secondhand seeing, okay, well, Katie did it. So I know there's a way and I know I can do it. So I just need to go through the yucky parts to get to that point. It was that. And like 
girl would throw me in head first. <laughs> like I yeah. love her so much, but she'd be like, you're fine. Just call them. And I'm like, call who? What do I say? I don't know. <laughs> and she's just like, just call them. And then it really was like by doing that and by having her like loose, she held me with a loose palm. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like, you need to say this and you need to do this. It was like, you've got it. Just call them. You'll figure it out. You know? And which was terrifying at first. Cause I'm like, you know, in, and the first couple showings I did, I was like peeing my pants nervous, you know, because mm -hmm. I was like, these are her clients. I can't mess it up. But I think having that, like you said, trial by or fire by baptism by fire, trial baptism. by all the things, all the, all the idioms. Um, I think having that kind of throw me in the deep end was what ended up giving me the confidence because as I started to do it over and over and over again with her clients, when I went out with my clients, it was like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. And I was like, yeah, I actually do. I actually have done this. And yeah. I think there's just nothing like my perspective that's done that for me and being able to work under somebody is like invaluable. I just think I, I have like a real issue with the way that real estate trains people to be realtors. Mm -hmm. I think it is bullshit. And I think it is sending a ton of uneducated people out there to do these very complicated things. Yeah. And I, that's why I love market authority too. Like having that in my back pocket was like, I had a place to go when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and my favorite was when you'd come and you'd be like, I feel like this is kind of a dumb question, but I need to ask this. And I'm like, that was a great question. That was a question that more people should be asking. You're in the right place. But like, it's, it's, I feel the same way. I, and that's, that was part of why I wanted to create market authority as a place, not to just like paint with a broad brush and say, here's how many goals you should make, but instead actually show like, like the different levels of like what to do and why to do it and how to do it because of that. Exactly. It's not necessarily that they're like sending a bunch of uneducated people out into the abyss and just like having them figure it out it's more so i and i wonder if you agree or if you've seen this i feel like the bar to entry is so low that it sets such a uh, such an unrealistic expectation of what realtors should expect when they become a new agent that they almost have a mindset of entitlement and like a, a disinterest in learning a disinterest of, of applying themselves and you got to circumvent that entire trap because you were given the opportunity to get your hands dirty and start working right away. Whereas a lot of agents come up and they're like, okay, where's my houses to sell? And then when it doesn't work out that way, they feel bamboozled. Mm -hmm. you know? And and then there's that, that like angst and the resentment from it. And that is very unhealthy. I exactly agree with you because I think that, you get into this business and if you come especially from a W2 job mm. and you're used to essentially someone telling you what to do. And, and I think that I didn't come from that world. So I just knew I had to be the source of kicking my own ass into gear. But I think that like if you come from a W2 job and you're used to getting coached and you're used to getting a paycheck every two weeks and like this business can be really disheartening because while your brokerage offers teaching skills, it's still not hands-on. Like there's just nothing, you can't learn real estate by a book, honestly. Like it, no. it's humans, it's hands-on. And to this day, like I learn something new every single day still, you know? And like, I think that'll just be forever because yeah. things are always mo like morphing and moving and changing. But I think that you, it's just, it's not a job that you can expect to enter 
And like you said, expect to be given leads, expect to be, have your hand held. And it's really hard, I think now too, that you have all the social media and where people are seeing people succeed and you're not seeing how. And I think having that inside access to MAA and to Katie's business gave me this foundation and this fundamentals of like, okay, here is how you actually do it. Here is how you actually have, and here's how hard it is. <laughs> and what I love about Katie, what she's so good about is she is very, again, she holds real estate with a loose, with a loose palm mm -hmm. because she's very like, you know what, you might work really hard on this one and it might not give you a lot and it might not work out, but this one works out in two seconds. So just give to the universe and the universe will give back. And like, I live by these policies now because yeah. it is, it's like, you can get really frustrated at people wasting your time. That is what I hear about new agents all the time. They yeah. wasted my time. And Katie set me up with nothing is a waste of time. You are always learning and you are always telling the universe that you're doing the job. So bring me clients because I'm doing the job. So I'm here to get the clients. And I think that that is just like invaluable because there is so much wasted time, right? Like, yeah. I've been on six months showings with people who never end up buying a house. I've driven five hours before. Like, there are so many times that you're like working the, these leads that that just never pan out. But the ones that do are like boom. Yeah. And you have to detach from that and you have to accept it too. And um, a lot of times I'll have conversations with, with agents and they're saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this seller and they're being totally unreasonable and I'm really wanting them to do this or that. And I'm like, the first question I always ask is why do you want that? Like, why, why do you think that they need to be lowering the price or why do you think they need to be approaching it in this way? What's your motivation? And they'll be quiet for a second. They'll say, well, I guess it's because I want the sale. And mm -hmm. I say, okay, that's fair. What do they need? What does the seller need? What is the seller looking for? And if you like just shift to that perspective, it almost always works out so much easier in the end. And you have a more peaceful business too. Like things just flow a little bit better. Like we don't have to white knuckle every single client and every single lead. And some are going to come and some are going to go, mm -hmm. but it does all even out in the end. Yeah. And, and I think by having that kind of ebb and flow with your business and really actually serving people, because like for me, a lot of things that a lot of times I will tell someone who wants to move from one house into the next, they'll it'd be better for me to get that sale, but it's better for them to rent it. Yeah. You know, like that's a huge part of like my integrity in this business is like I actually do want what's best for these people. I want to see them move up. And I'm like, okay, if landlord life's not for you, but if you could do it for three years before you sell, wait for a better market. Yeah. You know, I just had that conversation with a couple because it's like, because when you're in this business long enough too, you realize like it sucks to have a house on the market that doesn't sell. Like that's a waste of my time. Like I can wait two years for that house, keep yeah. in touch with those people. And that's a later day Thing. And I think that that, again, when I first started, I was white knuckling because you just don't know. And mm -hmm. you're desperate for a paycheck and you're just kind of like, please make it work, make it work, make it work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, and then as you start to see things come around, you realize those leads do come around. And if they don't, new ones pop up. Yeah. And then and then when you have that approach too, the referrals start to take care of themselves. So tell me a little bit about your approach with re referrals and how that's coming through now in your business. So I have my first two referral clients I'm working with. 
very exciting. I know. I was like, this one woman, I'm literally taking her to dinner because I'm like, you have referred me so many people already. Like, you're my girl forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, I've started to get ballsier about asking. Yeah. I really do. I'm like, hey, like, please ask your friends. Does anyone need to sell a house? Because like, this helps my business. I love people like you. I want to work with people like you. So I don't get stuck over here in weird land that I don't connect. Mm -hmm. And like, always shoot my name out there. Feel free to give my number away. Like I really have become quite ruthless in my asking, but because I come from my why, right? And my why is a legit reason. So I think that it makes my functioning in this business feel less spammy because I'm like, no, like I actually do want to help. I know how to help and I'm good at it. Like call me. And And they can connect with that mission too. It gives them what they need to be more aggressive in doing that and advocating for you too. Yeah. It's finding that why. I mean, that to me has just been like life changing recently. And I think that um, with my referrals, it's been, it's nice. It is really nice. I'm like, it is so nice when the phone rings and someone wants to work with you. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that. And I think that for me, it is the goal, right? Like it's everybody's business goal to just have the phone ring and business to show up. And I think that that is by treating your people well. I'm a gifter. I gift all sorts of shit. I My closing basket is like fraught with gifts. There's, I do maybe, <coughs> excuse me, four pop buys a year. I'm doing a lot of, ooh, so this is another thing another agent told me, sorry. No, it's okay. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers. <clears throat> this cold is taking me back. Tis the season, my friend. <laughs> I, I met with another top producing agent and she was telling me about PSAs. And so like <clears throat> public service announcement text. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Tell me this in detail because I, when you told me this the other day, I was like, that is the smartest thing ever. So she had moved to Colorado. She bought a house with a realtor. She, everything ended. She got a phone call from a realtor one year later. And she was like, oh, fuck. Why is this woman calling me? And she remembered that experience. And when she got her license, she was like, I never want my clients to feel like that when I call them. And the phone call was just very basic. It was like, oh, hi, how's it going? But because it had been so long and because she hadn't established that continued conversation, they were like, oh God, what's happening? So I am like up my clients woohoos all the time. I'm like, hi, what are you doing? Let's go get drinks. Let's go have lunch. Like, what are you doing? How's this going? And her PSA has just added fodder to my fire. And so it's like, oh, FYI, you guys, um, fall is here. Gutters got to be cleaned out. I just almost fell off the roof. So be very careful, you know, and you can make them funny in yourself and who you are, but You know, I just, you know, my, I woke up that late night at 3am to the battery chirping in my, my, um, fire alarm. That's the second time I forgot that word today. My fire alarm. (laughs) Oh, make sure you change your batteries before you're woken up at 3am. You know, these little texts that are just kind of like helpful. Yeah. That's just the other thing too, that she, she really like brought my mind to is, being as helpful as you can all the time. So if you come up like one of my fr- one of my clients, my first client actually that I close, she's having a baby. So I'm on Instagram doom scrolling, but I see baby shit and I text it to her. I'm like, ooh, check out this cool thing. And so it's just like these kind of like small ways to really just create a friendship, you know, create a client friendship because that is just how you're going to get more clients from that. 
and being strategic about it of who you hang out with, who you spend your time with. Yeah. It's I love that. Tell me some numbers. Can we talk about some numbers? Okay. Tell me what the first year looked like. And then the second year, are you on your third year now? I'm on my third year. You're on your third year. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. That's so cool. my first year, I didn't get my license till June. Uh -huh. Well, my first year was like 45 grand or something. Uh -huh. It was based off of essentially, uh, I was, it was a rough year. I had spent all my money. I cashed out Bitcoin. I spent all my money. I had like $5,000 to my name when we bought our house mm -hmm. because I was just that desperate to make it work. Yeah. And so I made like 40 something that year just by working with Katie. Mm -hmm. So I was doing her assistant work and I kind of knew, I mean, I'm a musician. I know how to pinch. I know how to save and live like a peasant. Although I wish I remembered that now because I'm over here like, how oh, did I spend that much this year? What are we doing? Oh, where's the pasta? Okay. We're back to pasta. I'm just mad at myself today actually about that. Oh, and my budget. I was like, are you kidding me? Mackenzie page. You need to <laughs> stop going out to Indian food. That is my crux. Oh, the it's my <laughs> I spent like $70 a week on Indian food. It's like horrible. Um, anyways, neither here nor there. So the first year I was like living like a peasant. Um, second year I did a hundred K. Okay. So, so what changed? I was getting my own clients then. Okay. I went through my first, every realtor, even once I know a girl that's on our team and she was doing three open houses a weekend and didn't get her first lead for eight months. Mm. So like it, there is just this undefined, like if you are getting your license, just know eight months is what you need to live. Like, because truly it does take that long. And there was moments where I would tell Katie, I remember August of my first year, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I think I need to get a bartending job. She's like, if you get a bartending job, you are not going to do this job. Like you're not going to give the energy to this job and it's not going to give back to you. You have to hold out. You have to hold out. You have to keep hustling. Just keep going because it is really disheartening in those first couple of years. Yeah. I mean, first couple months for sure. Mm -hmm. Even year two, you know, I was finally, you know, I had never made a hundred grand in my life. I mean, $104,000, exactly. <laughs> it was a party. Like I was <laughs> going to sushi. I was like, yeah, this is, I was very proud of myself. And mm -hmm. this year was similar. I did 138 this year. And wow. while I'm mad that I didn't break 200, I also am taking into account and being gentle with myself that this market was trash this year. And Girl, I to grow 30% in a trash market year because it was trash. Like this was a this was historically a very bad year in real estate. Yeah. And to still grow 30%, like that's unbelievable. I'm trying to give myself that because I am like, God damn it. That was my goal was 200. So we're back to 200 again is my goal this year. And I've got five clients currently I'm working with, two listings, two under contract. I had two closings in January, bunch of listings set up for the spring. So like she be rocking and rolling like I'm going to make it this year because I'm kind of yeah. determined. So um, yeah, it it's been a slow growth, but also it's only been three years. Not even. I Yes, three years since I started working with Katie in, in January. Yeah. So it's, it's been lovely. And like, 
Uh, the other thing of advice I could give someone new besides join MA because holy shit, you need to start off on the right foot. And that's what it did for me is I literally got to start on the right foot. So now when I'm busy and things seem like they're falling on the wayside, they're not because I have a reminder set in place already for that. And I'm not going to forget it, right? Because I get a text about it or a little notification on my phone. Um, so that number one, number two, what I've been doing this year and what I did a lot last year is I take other realtors out to lunch who are top producers. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you mm -hmm. doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You'd be surprised how actually like willing they are to talk. They get it too. Okay. Walk me through that process a little bit more in depth only because there are some, I think that all new agents should be doing this. They need to like get off of the doom scroll and actually have like a belly to belly conversation with people who are in it. Walk me through a little bit, like just loosely how to make that happen. So I will either be doom scrolling or I'll look at my brokerage and I'll be like, who's constantly at the top. Who's constantly coming up at the top because they do charts every month of who's winning and I mean, not winning, but like who's crushing, I guess. Right, I right. And um, because winning is your time. If you're if you're free, then you're winning. And that's, exactly. that's the real goal, actually. But anyways, mm -hmm. I look at that and I'm like, OK, or a lot of times our brokerage will put on they'll have a meeting and then they'll have some top producers come and talk at the meeting. And if I hear like someone I could jive with, I'm like I really like that person, like what are they doing? What could I be doing? that I'm not that they're doing because it is, it's like a fingerprint. A real estate business is like a fingerprint. They're all so unique to the person. Oh, I love how you say that. That is such a great analogy. It really is. Cause it's like what works for some people really just doesn't work for other people. And like, I have a top producer on our team that has never even made a phone call. Like she doesn't phone call. She texts, she doesn't even phone call. You know, it's like, she's never made a cold call. She's never, she hates reaching out to her people in that way. And she just is, um, she does amazing numbers. So I'll find one I like, I'll e either email them. I try to text them. I try to do it in person, really, if you can. If you see them in person at one of your meetings, yeah. I'll come up and I'll say, oh my God, what you said was incredible. Like, I would love to find a time to go to lunch with you. Would you be open to that? I'd love to bring you to lunch on me. You always mm -hmm. pay, you always pay. Yeah. always pay um because <laughs> yep. that's a thing too i've done that i've done that for someone else and they didn't pay and i was like how dare you like, <laughs> you know who i am that actually came all up. The tools and you did not pay for lunch like it's just a it's like a it's like a chivalry thing but with business. i i actually that question literally came up yesterday in the coaching call. yeah Oh, and they were like, I just want to make sure because if I don't have to, I don't want to. And I was like, you're doing it right. Just keep paying. It sucks. It sucks. But look at it is like you're paying for the research. You're paying for the time. Like it's you're paying for the years. Yes. Years that you don't have to like fumble through yeah. it. So I'll take them out to lunch or, or coffee. If you want to go the cheaper route, go coffee. Be like, hey, can we get coffee? And then sit there before you, you arrive early you arrive first <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you sit there and you wait for them. You do not order anything. And then when they get there, you go to the counter with them. They're going to always try to pay. And you're going like, no, 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 no. I've got this. You're spending your time with me. Thank you so much. Like, and just then you sit down and have questions, have done your research on this person. Look at their Instagram, look at their website, see what they're doing. Like learn as much about them on the outside as you can 
so that they see that like you're worth giving the good nuggets to. Because that's mm-hmm. another thing. Like if you're sitting down and you're kind of just like, so you're going to tell me, they're going to be like, cool, have fun. Like th- this has nothing on me, you know, but you need to come there excited and be like, okay, I just saw that you posted this blog. Is our blogs a thing that you do a lot? Is that what gets you leads? Like what are your main lead generators? And you just really have to have like a stack of questions you're going to ask. I tend to also, here's another thing that's like kind of a weird thing, but I tend to also not read them when I'm asking them. So like read your list of questions, but don't sit there with your phone and be like, my next like an interview. Is, yeah. It's like yeah. have a fluid conversation with someone because then you're going to really actually get the essence of what they're doing. You're going to get the essence of who they are, what their kind of clients are. And then you'll take what you can and then you'll leave, you know, you'll always get one little nugget. You might get two, but like, don't read your questions out loud. Just memorize them. Like, cool. Five things I really want to ask, you know? And they're always going to come down to the same thing. How do you generate leads? What are the main thing you do to keep your clients giving you leads? Like, are you referral based? Like, they're very simple questions you're going to be asking each person. Um, the hard ones are the social media people who get uh, leads on social media. That's my next move. I'm just like, how? How, like, are they, are they messaging you? Are you meeting randos at houses? Like, that's the hard one for me. I am averse to social media. Well, is that one of your goals this year? Like, like, tell me a little bit about what your goals are this year. What are you going to stop doing and what are you going to start doing? I'm going to keep hitting open houses because they're working. And I think if I continue to build my database via that, then that referrals will generate. We got to stop. Yes. Hang on. I want to re- like say that again. You are doing open houses, not just to like close them and peace out and move on. You are strategically taking those leads, taking those clients and growing a database with the long term in mind. I'm growing relationships. Thank you. I tell these people, I'm like, you are mine for life. Like, mm-hmm. you are my friend now. You're going to hear from me all the time. Like, <laughs> you signed up for the wrong one if you wanted to dip. Like, I am in your world now. Like, welcome. And it just usually, you know, the universe will bring you the people that you're going to want to be friends with anyways, you know? And it's fun. It's fun to see people that you maybe would have not otherwise met. Like, I yeah. just recently had a librarian and his wife and like, I adore them and I text them books. Oh That's a perfect fit for you. Yeah, it really is. And I met them at an open house. Like you see it, the universe looks out for you. And like, I am very, uh, I guess like spiritual in that way, but also like, I believe that shit. Cause I've seen it in my own business. You yeah. are really given the people that you're met that are meant for you and you just have to put yourself out there. So the goal of open houses for me is to build that database, is to build these relationships. So then those circles are working for me, right? Because everybody knows people. If I continue to be- give to that circle, that circle should eventually come out and give to me. And that is a huge one. Here's the thing about social media. Obviously my referrals and my events. Number two. I know I need a third. Mm -hmm. I've been dying (laughs) to realize that social media is probably what I need to do because this girl sat down with me and she's like, we're sitting right here and my social media is working for me. I was like, fuck. Yeah. When I hear that because I am going to have to do it and it just sucks. But here's the other thing too. I'm realizing like, how can I do it authentically to me? Is it going to be authentic to me? How can, and I, I did it for a little while and then I dropped off and like, 
it's, it's finding consistency with that. So it is one of my goals. And I do always post the houses and my under contracts and my closings. And I get leads just from that. I mean, people will be like, oh my God, when I'm buying a house, like I can't wait to use you. And I put them in my database. Yeah. Hi, this person just reached out to me via social media. I have a database and I have a leads sheet because I also don't want to like dirty my database sometimes with people who are just going to like fall off. But I have a leads list that I'll hit sometimes, which is from MA. Mm-hmm. It's one of the tabs on your pipeline. Yes. And then next to it is the leads list. And I organize them just like Stephanie says. <laughs> and they're amazing because you also have notes about who these people are. So in two months, you're like, who is that again? Yeah. Oh, that's how I found them. Oh, that's okay. I'll shoot them a message. So I think in a way I'm going to, I need to figure out how to use social media for me. So for instance, right after this, I have a client who we closed last July and they have just house hacked their basement into an Airbnb. So I'm going to go film it and I'm going to be like, hi, I'm at my client's house. I'm so excited for them. They have their first guest checking in today and I'm just going to take the camera through the house. And I think that's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's yeah. Hard hard not to like I'm definitely not going to be doing the reels that are like the the mimicking over the said things you know what I'm talking about yeah it's not for me I just gotta find what's for you yeah if it's not for you then don't let anyone tell you that you've got to do it like if it's not going to feel authentic and if it's not going to like just like come from your why like you say you come from the heart then it's going to feel funny and you won't be able to sustain it Yeah. And something I've been thinking about what I want to do too, is like hit the house hacking hard. Cause I think that that's just, it sticks with my why it helps people who can't afford a $4,000 mortgage Mm -hmm. buy a house and be able to get on that train. So like it really, it really connects with my why. So that's going to be a huge one that I'm going to hit. Um, always posting about my closings. And then I think I might try to do some kind of informational reels of like, what's an inspection? What's this part of the business? What's this part of the business? So like, just kind of like a layman's term explanation of each of the processes mm-hmm. and maybe making um, uh, a reel about that. But yeah, when we did our business summit, that was, <laughs> it was social yeah. media is one of my goals. And I hate that it's my goal. Another goal I have is a blog. I want to start doing that. Cause again, I can post that to social media. I'm a writer. Yep. It goes with my whole thing. It makes more sense too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And everything that you're saying is going to be complimentary, right? Like if you are writing your blog, you can take that and break it up into social media content. And then if you're posting that on social media, then when you meet a great client at an open house and the first thing they're inevitably going to do is look you up on social media, they see that you like not only walk the walk, you talk the talk, you walk the walk by what they see on on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just all of that together is going to be very supportive of like the overall goal and the direction that you're going. Yeah. And another thing I want to do is a neighborhood guide. I get asked all the time at open houses, like we're just shopping the neighborhoods. We're not sure where we want to be. And I think that what I've been finding in anything I do in any way I can be of service to someone, like how best can I fix this situation? Right. And be the one they think of, Mm-hmm. because I'm the one that's of service of that. So if people come in and they want to sell and buy, but they don't know how to do it, I like send them tons of info about HELOCs. I send them a person who can do a HELOC. Like I become that source of information. And it also helps me gain confidence in my business too, right? Because I always tell my clients, I don't know everything. 
And if I don't know this answer, I will go find out. Yeah. Like I'm not going to pretend I know everything. And I think when you come at, because that's always a fear, right? Like I'm not going to know what to do. And I think if you just say it to your client, you're like, yeah, there are going to be times I'm like, I don't know. Or they'll ask me a question. Be like, I don't have the answer to that question right now, but I'm going to go find someone who's more knowledgeable be than me who does, because that's who I am to you is I'm yeah. a connector of other knowledge and people who can help your situation. And I think when you start to look at your business like that, you're like, oh, I don't have to know everything. Oh, I can be confident in what I do and who I am. Yeah. I'm like making a note because that is like a quote. <laughs> I, I love it. A lot, which is funny because I'm more confident in my, in my business now. But I use that one a lot, especially when I first meet clients, because I think it takes the weight off of what they're going to be afraid of you for, right? right. They're be like, what does she really know? And it's like, well, I don't know everything actually, you know? And I think it's just like putting it out in the open makes it less of an issue because they're like, oh, well, she's, she's honest about if she doesn't know. It gives you the power back. Yes. It yes. gives you the power back a little bit without being disingenuous. Yes. Cause it's also wildly true. Like I don't know everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really into that. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's a journey. It, sounds, it is a journey and it sounds like you have an amazing year ahead for, for those who want to um, follow along on the social media that you so despise. Just kidding. <laughs> I where, can they, <laughs> where, where can our uh, listeners follow um, along and cheer you on it's at madam kensington see another thing it's like oh you should change your handle i'm like i'm not doing it <laughs> so it's madam kensington i'm sure you'll put it in the show notes um i will yeah and you'll see lots of chicken content because when i'm like i don't know what to post i post the chickens please if you're at the very least check out <laughs> mackenzie's branding shoot with the chickens i even when i saw it i was like this is the coolest thing i have ever seen another realtor do <laughs> i love this so much and it's not silly and it's not gimmicky it's literally like you're hanging out with your chickens and you look amazing like they were so cool <laughs> you know and it really like and i i could recommend that like have a power photo shoot that isn't do a couple business shots, but then do like fun, like what you really are. And I yeah. just think that that goes like that to me was the power moment. Like that was the moment I took my myself back and I was like, oh, I can be me. And it just took a photo shoot to do it. <laughs> one of our, um, I love that because one of our first photo shoots was at our favorite dive bar. Oh so yeah. Bryce and I had just gotten engaged and we needed some like photos and stuff. So we went into our like favorite, like really dark and like, just kind of like, you know, yeah. our, our favorite dive bar. And we had like wine and we were just having fun with it and stuff. It was, but uh, it, it, it really helps allow you to be like, this is who I am. And it feels really good. Yeah. Cause it attracts the right clients to you too. Like mm -hmm. it gives you the right people. I have a friend in uh he does real estate in Colorado Springs. He was my drummer. Um, he, he loves to throw disco parties. So like you go to his social media and it's like him in disco gear, like constantly, like that isn't, he doesn't even post about houses, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that that is because here's the thing. There are 800 million girls in suits at a house, at a pretty house. Like that differentiates you zero. Yep. And, and I just think that real estate needs some creativity and <laughs> 
it also shows you as a creative person, right? Like that is a huge boon that I offer my clients as creative solutions. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to stick you in the basic box of what I know what to do. It's like, okay, how can we get around this situation and how can we fix that? And here's what you could potentially, you could take that wall out and do this and this and that with this. So I think that like having just not being afraid of who you are is, it's going to help you actually. I love that. It's I couldn't agree more. Those are words to live by. And those are the perfect words <laughs> as we close. And I want to just, as we're wrapping it up, I want to just acknowledge you. Thank you for being who you are and for being a fresh, authentic energy. You have me cracking up through this whole conversation. And I, I could, I could literally talk to you for hours. We have to get, there's like three other conversations we yeah. need to have. Too. Um, so, so, I mean, we'll do a part two. I'll have my people reach out to your people. Just kidding. Um, but yes, definitely. If you're listening, follow with Mackenzie. If you want to see what it looks like to be unabashedly authentic and genuine and succeed along with that, like that to me is the dream. And so I just want to acknowledge you for bringing that spirit to uh, the real estate industry because there needs to be more people like you in it. Thank you. And to be fair, it's always a process. I second guess the shit out of myself constantly. So like, it's not like I know what I'm doing either. So like, just know that. <laughs> you know? It's okay. I know it's, it's always a thing, but, but that's why we love you. Yeah. Thanks for, for being your authentic self. And thank you for joining us on the show, Mackenzie. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.